This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight, we are previewing Week 9 of the NFL Slate 2021. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right, let's get right into it. We're recording this on November 4th, 2021, before Thursday Night Football with the Jets and the Colts. But first, what were your fantasy impressions coming out of the Giants at Kansas City for Monday night? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is still really a work in progress. I I don't mean that as like, you know, up and coming. It's just kind of hasn't figured it out this year or he's lost something. Um, I know I touched on it a little bit last time. I feel, you know, as Packer fans, we kind of went through this for a couple of years with Aaron Rodgers where he kind of just didn't do the little things. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes is now only looking for big plays and um, not really taking what the defense gives him. They're committing a lot of turnovers yet. I don't think I would put every mistake on him. Travis Kelsey obviously fumbled. Uh, in a big spot. They did win the game, but it wasn't a convincing win. It's not what we expect out of the Chiefs after the last two years, and they certainly haven't been elite for a while now, at least the last, I would say, probably six weeks. They're obviously going to come up again during the rest of the show. Are there any big notes, I guess, fantasy-wise coming out of that game? Nothing huge for me. I mean, Devontae Booker looked pretty good, but other than that, nothing, nothing crazy. Well, I'd like to highlight the amount of volume that Tyreek Hill was seeing. I think he got 18 targets in that game, 12 total catches, didn't get over 100 yards, so it wasn't the big plays. But you like the fact that even though we think of Tyreek Hill as kind of like uh, the new version of Deshaun Jackson, his target volume is still there, even in games where he doesn't hit the big play. Yeah, I feel like that's a really solid assessment. I mean, 12 catches is kind of a lot for a guy like Tyreek. It's a lot for anybody. Yeah, but I mean, for him, it's kind of a lot. I feel like that has to be close to a career high, right? And he doesn't get double-digit receptions all that often. That being said, they're not typically in football games for as long as they have been recently as well either. It's kind of the doors have kind of been blown off by that time. Yeah, I think there have been a couple of games where he's gotten pretty close, like eight, nine, ten catches. Uh, especially if I remember right, the Eagles game and the Cleveland game from early on in the season. But it's really not necessarily expected for Tyreek to be a volume guy. It's more of the big play that we have come to expect out of him where he gets a huge amount of yardage and some big play touchdowns. So that's where a lot of his value has come from so far in his career. But you do like the fact that it does raise his floor uh, level that even in games where he's not hitting that, that yes, the volumes is going to be there enough that you're not necessarily going to have a disappointing game in the way that some of these other receivers, if they're just not getting that big play, uh, are not contributing enough to your team. Looking forward to week nine then, what exactly are you looking forward to this weekend? 
what the what the Titans look like. You know, there's been a lot of talk out of Tennessee that they're not going to change who they are with Derrick Henry um, being gone now. And I just have a hard time seeing them being that patient running the football when it's not going as well as if it would with Derrick Henry. So I'm really interested to see what the Titans look like. Yeah, especially going against the Rams with uh, everything that's been going on with them. Uh, Von Miller coming in this week. So you'd like to see that matchup on Sunday night. I think that's going to be an interesting game. For me, it's obviously going to be Kansas City, who's been a storyline all week, versus now a Aaron Rodgers situation with Green Bay. And I think that's going to be the one that draws the most national attention to it, just given all of the things surrounding the Chiefs lately. And then the obviously biggest story of the week, other than maybe King Henry being Aaron Rodgers. Uh, We'll get to that more here in a second. So to your point, uh, let's get to the news, and we'll start with the situation in Tennessee. Adrian Peterson was signed by the Titans. Jeremy McNichols has been one of the hot pickups all week on waivers and has been the primary backup due to the fact that Darrington Darrington Evans has been out. Who would you rather start this weekend out of the two of them and for the rest of the year with King Henry presumed out? I mean, I guess next week for sure you're you're going to want to start McNichols. I mean, he's someone that's been there since day one, knows the playbook since day one. Yeah, he's just he knows more, so he'll be more involved this week. Um, <laughs> it really wouldn't surprise me if they like beat the crap out of Adrian Peterson. You know, like gave him a bunch of carries. Like it really wouldn't surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me if Adrian Peterson is in really good shape to be able to handle it as well. But so. I don't know. I I don't really like either option for me. This is kind of a backfield that I'm going to stay away from. I know I didn't put any waiver wires in any of my leagues for any of these two guys. I just, you know, Adrian Peterson, we, we know that he's been a shell of what he used to be. So I don't see that coming back anytime soon. And Jerry McNichols, I mean, he is who he is. I just, the, the opportunity will be there. I just don't think it will be as productive. Okay, sure. I don't know if I would necessarily count on either of these to be starters, at least until I've seen it. Uh, I am unfortunately having to rely on one of these guys as a starter this weekend in at least one league just due to the circumstances. But I don't know. I, I really think we've said it for a while. There is no one direct replacement for King Henry. And you can run Adrian Peterson right into the ground. I just don't think Adrian Peterson at his age and amount of carries is a supplement for what you're losing with Derrick Henry anytime soon. And McNichols has been fine, but I think this offense is going to drastically have to change in order for them to continue to be successful. Even though they have a three game lead, I I just, I think they're going to have a tough time really staying with some of these games. Yeah, absolutely. So then the other story that I mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is obviously out. If you had not heard that so far, uh, what rock have you been living under and can I join you? But did you do you feel confident in starting any Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devontae Adams, I have him and I'm starting him. I mean, with Brett Hundley starting, Devontae Adams was still averaging like 13 and a half, 14 points a game. Um, so that's that's good enough for, for a week. You know, he's... He's top two and not number two in the NFL and wide receivers, in my opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. Devontae Adams is someone you start. And then Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones is going to have himself a hell of a week. He's going to get a lot of work. 
Uh, so those two guys, yeah, for sure. They'd still be in my lineups. Yeah, I absolutely. And another guy that I'd like to mention, um, just because I think he's also going to get a large workload, both in the check down game and in the run running game this week, because you'd think that green Bay with how they structure their offense are going to have to run the football a lot. I really like AJ Dillon as an underrated play. He's a guy that had already been getting a lot of carries recently, or at least a lot of touches in this offense. And I think the volume is going to increase for him this weekend because they're going to need to set the tone that way. So even though Jordan Love is going to be playing, it's not like he doesn't have some level of talent. He didn't look great in the preseason so far, but now that Aaron Rodgers has been back in the building, since they've been having more practices, since he's gotten a little bit of his feet wet, he didn't look terrible when they, he was in mop-up duty against the Saints. I know it's probably against their backups, but I do have a little bit of confidence in him as the starter this weekend because I think the Green Bay offense can be a little bit talent-proof at times at the quarterback position. Uh, rolling them out, bootlegs, making easy throws, and really setting him up for some success if uh, they game plan it correctly, especially against the Chiefs, who have been one of the worst defenses in the NFL so far this year. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has had an interesting week as well. It looked like he has played his last down in Cleveland. To recap it for everyone, uh, there was a video out on Instagram that his father liked and made a big deal out of, and he even had LeBron James advocating to free OBJ earlier this week. He has been twice excused from practice, both yesterday and today. And I, I don't know. I mean, I watched the video and it's stuff that I had been saying for a while that he gets open. He's still got something there, but Baker Mayfield has been missing him. Do you think he has some gas left in the tank for any other team? Because at this point, I assume he's not playing with Cleveland. It's heading for him being cut and moving on somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard this, and I really wish I could remember what the female reporter's name was because she did a really good job um, summing this up. But it was somebody that I've never seen before, but she was incredible. But um, basically what she said was if OBJ wanted to be in camp or in practice, he would be there. They're not telling him not to show up. Essentially, it's like if he wanted to call Baker Mayfield, like he could do that. If he wanted to call Kevin Stepan, he could do all of that stuff. Um, what I've also heard too, or read, not heard, and I don't have sources calling me or anything. Um, but what I've read too is like that he's been Ethan Shifter now. <laughs> that he's been like freelancing routes and stuff like that. Like he's just been doing his own thing. And uh, the female report, she also was saying like the Browns' offense is so predicated on timing, and so then if you're in the wrong route or you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Timing's going to be off. It's going to look such and such a way. So I don't know. As as much as I want to feel like OBJ kind of turned a corner, I still think he's that same immature wide receiver that he's kind of always been. And it, it's really frustrating because a guy that talented, you know, you're wasting valuable, valuable time that you're never going to get back. So does he still have something left? You know, maybe talent-wise, yes, but I don't even know if you want someone this mentally weak in your locker room. I really don't have anything to add. I mean, he's a guy that's on my dynasty team, and I'd really love, because uh, I think the talent is there, I'd love for him to catch on with another team and do well, but there's nothing to indicate anything incorrect with what you just said, and Frankly, I, I'm kind of going to have to acquiesce to that being the case, at least for the time being. 
AJ Green also on the COVID list and both Kyler Murray and New Hopkins both limited this week in practice. Are you confident in the Arizona starters versus San Francisco this weekend? I have Nuke and Kyler, and it's it's been a very big roller coaster of a year with them um, health wise. I don't know. You know, I don't feel great. I saw for the first time Nuke is like outside ranked of the top 20 or I think he's like number 20 in wide receivers or something this week too so yeah it it could be a very difficult week in San Francisco um I'm really debating starting Taysom Hill because I just got him off of waivers this weekend instead of Kyler yeah boy I mean Kyler Murray I, I heard this today that uh after the first two weeks of the season he has yet to finish inside the top 10 of quarterbacks at for a particular week so that gives me a little bit of pause. He's not running the football as much. He's not been the goal line back that he was last year. I think they've been trying to say it of him, and yet he's still getting nicked up here and there because of his diminutive size. I have to imagine that's got to be part of it. And Nuke just has not been able to stay completely healthy for an entire year. He's just had these nagging injuries. Not that he's like had anything major, but it's just right now he's been nursing that hamstring and the Cardinals wanted to hold him out of last week's game. He ended up coming back in, but they were trying to protect him from himself because he wants to play, but his possibility of continuing to re-injure that hamstring is apparently just great enough that he's just not going to be the same player or as effective. And they may just hold him out for this game. I really don't know what's going to happen with this Cardinals offense right now. Uh, I think that teams have been able to, I wouldn't say figure them out, but at least slow them down a little bit compared to where they were early in the season. And if you remember back a few weeks ago when they played San Francisco the first time, they held them to 17 at the time. So I do think that there is something that says to me that the Cardinals are going to be, even though I would say they're for real, that they're going to be reeling for a little bit and they're just going to need some time to get healthy. Yeah, I I can agree uh, 110% with that. I mean, you know, it's a long season. There's going to be roller coasters. I still think this is going to be a team that plays uh, late in December. But yeah, I mean, health is a very big part of of being lucky in the league. And right now, they're they're not very healthy. Yeah, they're definitely going to need their buy whenever they get to it. Michael Thomas is now out for the season. Would you use a dynasty IR spot to keep him? <sighs> Yeah, I, I think so. Just because you don't want to give up on a guy that that is that talented, but we haven't seen you know what he is yet, right? You know, and the ankle injury, another setback that keeps him out another year. This is almost like a year and a half, right? Almost maybe two years of not playing football. Um, so that gives you some pause, but you know how good he is when he is healthy. So that spot right there, yeah, absolutely, I for sure keep him on an IR spot. I think it depends on how many IR spots you have for dynasty. If you don't have one, I don't think you can justify keeping him on your bench unless you're already going to be missing the playoffs. Yeah. The talent's there, but we haven't seen it for basically two seasons now. And it's really hard for me to see him coming back and being effective given what we know about this offense and who's going to be quarterbacking it for the near future and into the future. I mean, it's going to take a while for Jameis Winston to probably come back from his knee injury. I don't think he's Joe Burrow and he's going to be able to come back like right away at the start of next season, or even for camp, make a couple of preseason games. I think that he's going to need some more time. And so 
I thought he had only signed like a one or two year deal coming in from this last off season. There's no uh, telling who the quarterback is going to be for the saints starting next season, especially if like Taysom Hill plays well, but given the fact that we haven't seen him in this offense for so long, I just don't know what he would be. And it's not like he's a young receiver anymore. I want to say he's going to be like 29, 30, something in that uh, range to have such a major injury that's kept you out for such a prolonged period of time. Yeah. The surgery supposedly is going to be one that's going to make you whole, but I just would like to see some evidence why I should even bother to keep him. I, it's going to be really hard for me to make a case other than just the talent that we used to see. Von Miller is now with the Rams. Does that upgrade their fantasy perspective as defense? Wow. A defensive question. Um, Wow. Um, I thought I'd throw a curveball occasionally. Von Miller is not the same guy that he used to be, but you know, he's not going to be seeing as many double teams as he did in Denver either, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it does upgrade them. They're, they're going to be a very good team, but I don't know if it makes them like, you know, the Ravens back when they're doing their thing, but yeah, for sure. They'll be better. I don't know if it really makes all that much difference. Yeah. It's another pass rusher, but He's clearly not at the same speed or impact level that he used to be. And Denver was trying to get out from under that contract. I think bully for him that he has a chance to go try and win another chip somewhere because he is a very talented player. And given what you heard out of Denver of how he said goodbye to everybody in the building, he seems to be one of the good character people in the NFL, but I just... I don't know how much different this team is going to be. I think one of the things that I always look for in fantasy defenses is pass rush because pass rush influences a lot of turnovers. It influences sacks. And those are the things more than anything that cause points in fantasy football. But right now with the Rams's pass rush being a little bit more blunted, maybe he improves that a little bit, but I just don't see them being the elite defense that they were last season at least not in the same way. And I don't think that Von Miller is going to get them all the way back to what they were at the end of last season when they were the clear number one defense. I think he might have a little bit of additive so you'd feel more comfortable on a week-to-week basis, but it's just not one of those where I think it's a set-it-and-forget-it defense uh, in the same way that they were last season. Tyrod Taylor is coming back this week. Does that upgrade any Texans players' value against Miami this weekend? I think Brandon Cooks is kind of that guy. He's really the only one that's on that offense that I'd want to have. I think he's the only one on that team that I'd want to have anyway, but it's got to be good to have Tyrod Taylor back with um, Davis Mills doing as well as he was, you know, with the assets that he has, he was, he was pretty productive Um, to have Tyrod Taylor back. Yeah. If you're a Brandon's cook owner, you got to be happy about that. Yeah. I do think it upgrades their passing attack by a good margin. I mean, Davis Mills had a couple of moments where he was at least a decent enough starter, but I don't think anybody would confuse him with what they were getting out of Deshaun Watson last year, or for that matter, the things that Tyrod Taylor has been able to do a couple of times so far in his career. Early on, this team was competitive. They were right in the game with Cleveland. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars handily in game one or game one of the season. So I think they have a shot this weekend against Miami. It's just going to be a question of what are the Texans going to look like now that Tyrod's back. I mean, I think he's probably had the full weekend practice with them. Um, but yeah, I would circle probably Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. 
Henry Ruggs has been dismissed by the Raiders. Is it worth holding on to him to see what happens to him yet? And for those that are unfamiliar with the circumstances, he is going to be charged or at least has been indicted so far with felony DUI, which apparently is worse than vehicular manslaughter in Las Vegas. No, dude's going to prison. <laughs> He's going to prison. No, I think you can safely drop him off of your team, especially in Dynasty. Like, I don't want to be the tabloid person that starts to talk about all of the circumstances of the crash. If you want to do that, by all means, go ahead, because they're astounding. But yeah, there's no way that this guy is going to get out of whatever he whatever trouble he's currently in. And I think there's a reason the Raiders released him and are probably going to be trying to collect all of their money back. It it just does not look like a promising situation. And once again, it's a circumstance where the NFL provides a hotline for you to be driven if you've been drinking. Like, I don't yeah. understand why you would get behind the wheel when you have basically a um, courier service that's available to you. But unfortunately, this is the same situation we've seen all too often with a lot of young NFL players. 156 miles an hour. 156 miles. Is it 156? I thought it was 156. No, 156. Okay. And yeah, he was twice the legal limit too. Jesus Christ, man. Excuse me. He was twice the legal limit over an hour after the crash. He killed a dog, too. Yeah. You hear that, Well, right? he killed the woman and the dog. I mean, I, I'm not trying to minimize that. I, For me, killing the woman is obviously the bigger deal. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. You throw in I'm the kicker. Saying, like, a the, woman and her dog. I mean. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> it's yeah. a bad situation i i really I didn't want to necessarily to go into it in a fantasy show perspective but yeah yeah it's just it's not good yeah we're just two dudes talking but yeah i guess we can move on well we're trying to at least <laughs> for the the sake of it give you the fantasy implication we both feel very comfortable at this point it's yeah. going to be a long-term situation that's going to be playing out he's probably going to be in court for six months to a year trying to settle all of this and there probably might will be a trial unless there's a settlement. And if there's a settlement, then he's probably going to be doing two years of prison time. I mean, he's not getting anywhere close to getting out of this. And I think the Raiders cut their losses because they knew that everything was coming down the pipe. Finally, Christian McCaffrey might be back this weekend. Should we expect a full workload for him? And would you be starting him with any confidence? I mean, yeah, they, they sat him for a pretty decent amount of time, right? I, I feel like they weren't going to bring him back until he was fully healthy. Um, that being said, he's had, I feel like, way too many of these hamstring injuries where even if he is fully healthy, I mean, that sucker could go at any time. So, I mean, he's your guy. If you have Christian McCaffrey, you drafted him for a reason. If he's healthy, you play him. That's just how it is. You live and die by that guy. And I would feel 100% comfortable going down, starting my studs. That's, that's how I always feel. Now, sometimes it burns me, sometimes it doesn't. But you start your studs, and he is, when healthy, the best fantasy option that there is in all of football. So, yeah, I would, I would start him. Um, even with half a workload, Christian McCaffrey can put, put up numbers, put up numbers. I agree with all of that 110%. I'll just add that when Christian McCaffrey has been in games, he handles 85 to 90% of the workload and is one of the most active backs 
There's a reason why he was outscoring everybody else. His volume was crazy and he was crazy efficient. I would be a little concerned from a perspective of him being healthy long-term than it is for anything else. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm absolutely starting him. I have him in my redraft league. I would start him because, as you said, 50% of him is better than even 10% of probably anybody's backup. Just about the amount of things that he can do, the big plays he can do. And it'll be good to see him on the football field. I'm just a little concerned that the Panthers are not necessarily going to um, ease him back in in the way they should. And that if he's not healthy right away, then you may lose him again. Yeah, I feel like they're going to ride him because that's what they are at this point in the season, too. Like, they have to. It kind of reminds me of that one year where Aaron Rodgers was out for an extended period of time and they brought him back for one game uh, and then they lost. Yeah, and then then they shut him down. Exactly. So I would not be surprised if he comes back this week and he's okay, but next week he pops his hammy and they lose uh, both games that they just shut him down for the year. I hope King in the North is listening. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so then let's go to game of the week. I have the Titans and the Rams for obvious reasons that we highlighted at the top. Obviously, the Rams at home being one of the top teams in the NFL right now, and the Titans have a bunch of question marks. I do think that this could be an exciting game, but given that King Henry is not playing in this one, I think it loses a little bit of luster. Yet, when you look at some of the other matchups across the NFL this weekend, not as enticing as this one. Give me that game on Sunday Night Football. What is your game of the week? I'm not taking a sexy pick. This is this isn't super, you know, what everyone's going to be clamoring to go watch. But, but I got the uh, I almost said San Diego, um, the L.A. Chargers against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think these are two teams that are still very much feel like they have a lot to play for. The Eagles, they got a uphill climb, but I still think they're trying to figure out, you know, who they are as a football team. Jalen Hurts is still trying to let the organization know that he can run this football team. Um, the chargers are looking to find themselves. Um, they have not had a very good last three weeks, you know, got killed going into the bye and then got beat coming out of the bye. That's not, that's not good. So I look for them to play tough too. So I think this one will be an unexpected fun football game with the Chargers and Eagles. All right. Upsets of the week. Then I'm going to go with a bit of a Homer pick. I'm going to take I green see. Bay plus seven and a half at Kansas city. I just have not seen Kansas city pull away from anybody. I don't know if I'm picking green Bay outright, but I think they can stay okay. within the margin of victory, at least to uh, give everybody some pause when it comes to the Jordan love hate. What is your upset of the week? Um, so the Niners are a point and a half favorite against the Cardinals. There weren't a lot of games this week that I felt super great about the underdog. So I'll take this one um, with the not healthy Kyler, not healthy Nuke. I, I, I got them beating the Niners. I thought the cards were favored on the or at home uh, by like one and a half. No, I think is pretty positive that it is the 49ers that are playing at home. Uh, let me just check here, but I, I thought for sure that the Cardinals were favored, but. Nope. San Fran at home point and a half. And a team that's 0 three at home this season and three and four overall is somehow yeah. getting a point and a half at home. <laughs> I mean, there are worse upset picks. All right. Then just do a quick start sit. I think at this point in the season, this list is not going to be very long just because you probably know who your starters are. And 
if there are some question marks, it's usually in your flex positions or in a couple of the spots where you have to have a fill-in starter because of some injuries or whatever else is going on. But let's start at the top of my list here. Cortland Sutton versus Dallas. Starter sit? Uh, I'm going to go with start. Dallas, that secondary still isn't as great as they want it to be. It's better than last year, but I think that Denver can score some points through the air. So I'm going to go start with Sutton. I would be a little concerned after I watched what uh, the Washington defense did last week against Denver, but I don't think that Dallas has the same defensive line front that Washington has. And the Washington defense has been a bit better over the last couple of weeks. I also think that it's a start because of that. You can throw on Dallas's defense. Uh, let's go Jacoby Myers versus Carolina this weekend. I feel like with him, you're kind of just banking on touchdowns, and I don't think it's going to get there. I think he has really yet to sure. score a touchdown in his NFL career. Right. And I, I just, I don't know. He's just, it's a roller coaster of a guy. Like either he's going to have a big one or not. And like I said, I just, touchdowns for me, and that's where you get most of your points. I just think that, um, what's his face? What is the name of the running back? Harris, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel like they're just going to keep trying to get him the ball, and that's when they're most effective. Myers, you need crazy volume in order for him to be effective. He's not a big play guy. He's not going to get chunk plays. So you're really going to need a lot of catches and a lot of run after the catch. And right now, he's been okay as a fill-in, but I wouldn't say that he's a guy that uh, I really like as an option. I'm probably a sit, just personally. Cole Beasley versus the Jacksonville Jaguars start or sit, man. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I just, I'm going to go sit just because I think this game is kind of going to be over before it starts. So that's the reason why game script. Yes. He had a great performance last week against Miami, but Miami was playing a very ad or opportune defense for the Buffalo bills to take advantage of slot receiving in that game or inside receiving and I really think this is going to be more of a game where the Bills can kind of spread out their offense, get it to Stephon Diggs, get it to Emmanuel Sanders. And so I don't think that Beasley is going to see the volume level necessary for him to be one of the top guys like he was last week. I also go with a sit. Christian Kirk versus San Francisco, start or sit? Yeah, I think for sure with A.J. Green looking to be on the COVID list, Nuke um, banged up. Yeah, I feel like he's the one healthy wide receiver that should get a bulk of the work. Yeah, I would probably go with him um, probably over uh, Rondale Moore just personally this week, especially if Nuke doesn't end up playing. I do have some concerns about uh, Arizona right now as a, as a fantasy option, but I think that overall, if you believe in Kyler Murray and that this might be an up-and-down game, that you have to start at least one Arizona wide receiver. He would probably be the guy most likely to get the benefit of uh, the workload this weekend. Kadarius Tony versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Start or sit? There's been a lot of talk about uh, this kid. I don't know if I'm there yet. Uh, I don't know if the talk is all because, you know, he plays for, for the Giants, the huge media market that is New York. Um, I do think he's a great talent. I just don't know if they're going to have a very successful outing against Vegas. They've been playing very, very well. So I'm going to go sit. I would go sit as well, just because it looks like the Giants are going to have a lot of their regular pass catching targets back. And I just don't know if this is a guy that I would necessarily trust uh, to get a huge predominance of the workload against a Raiders defense that I actually think is pretty good against the pass. So while he's been explosive at times, 
I just don't like the matchup here and I don't like the potential volume that he might get. Um, I do think that he is still a little bit banged up. And so that would lead me to believe he's a sit for me as well. Tyler Boyd versus Cleveland. See, this is a little t- tough one for me too. I don't know. I just like, Ch- I like Chase and I like Higgins a little bit more. So third guy out, I'm going to go sit. I have a hard time thinking that the Bengals are going to need to throw the ball 40 times in the game like they did last week and that they're going to need to spread the ball out nearly as much as they did last week against the Jets when they were playing from behind at times. That was about the only week where we've seen Tyler Boyd be an effective wide receiver, at least a fantasy wide receiver going or up to this point. So game script wise and from uh, what the other options are going to be, I think it's a sit for me as well. Rashad Bateman versus Minnesota. I think it's getting there. I think one of these weeks we're going to have the Rashad Bateman um, welcome to the NFL tour party. So I think it's this week against Minnesota. So I'm going to go with stardom. I like the opportunity, but personally, I would like to see it first just because, yes, he's been close. And yes, he's had a couple of decent games, but I'd like to really see him have that breakout welcome to the NFL before I would be comfortable putting my lineup this far into the season. If this were week one, sure. But by week nine, you're really needing to win some games. And I don't know if I want to rely on a flex spot on a guy that hasn't quite proven himself just yet, especially if you have some better options. Jalen Waddle versus the Houston Texans. Starter set. You got to love the matchup. Matchup alone is uh, why I am going to go start with Waddle. I like the matchup. I like the volume. He's been good with Tua so far. Yes, Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki are probably both going to be healthy and in this lineup, but I think the Dolphins are going to throw a lot. And this actually might be an intriguing game that'll have a lot of points. Um, Kind of an underrated one because you have it between two teams that everybody deems are bad and have poor records going into this point. So I think he's also a start for me just because I think they're going to put up some points and he's going to be part of that run. Then we have AJ Dillon versus Kansas city start or sit. Uh, I'll make it quick. So I'll yield my time to you, but uh, I'm going to go start. I kind of already made myself clear early on or earlier on that. I really like him as a starter this week. I think he is um, the bruising back. I really would like to see him get some more goal line touches just because even though Aaron Jones has been good around the goal line for the last few years and they're paying him to be good around the goal line, it just would be nice to put A.J. Dillon back there given his power back status and the amount of touchdowns he got in college to uh, utilize him in a way that I haven't seen them do so far. All right. Uh, finally, we have Miles Gaskin versus Houston. Start or sit? Miles Gaskin's another one that I really like the matchup. I don't really like the player all that much. I feel like on the show, I've, I've said he's, I'm not huge on him, um, but the matchup against Houston, and I think you're right. I think there's a lot of points scored in this football game. So I'm going to go with start for Gaskin. If I went with uh, sit on just about everybody on this list, I don't think there'd be anybody left to start. So at some point I have to at least tell you to start somebody. I think Miles Gaskin's at least uh, not a terrible option this week, given the matchup and the fact that he's been their primary receiving back so far this year in a game where I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, He is a start for me as well. Underrated studs of the week. These are guys going outside the top 10 of projections that we think have a chance to finish inside the top 10. First up, we have my quarterback of the week. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins against the Baltimore defense. 
Baltimore gives up a ton of yards through the air. And while they had a poor game last week against Dallas, I look for Kirk Cousins to bounce back and have a pretty good game against the Baltimore pass defense. Who is your quarterback of the week? My quarterback of the week is Tua. I mean, I've now said it three times. Love the matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, he does his connection with um, Waddle is getting better and better. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. So I'm going to go Tua. It also helps that he's been averaging two touchdowns thrown and 42 pass attempts since he's come back from his injury. I think the volume's there for him to have a good day against a good matchup. Elijah Mitchell versus the Arizona defense for me, given what the Green Bay Packers did basically bludgeoning the Cardinals defense into submission last week on Thursday night. I really like this matchup as my running back of the week. And uh, I, I think he's been doing well. I think San Francisco has been able to develop their offense off of it. And I think they're starting to round into form and kind of the way that I thought they would to begin the season. Give me Eli Mitchell versus the Arizona Cardinals. Who is your running back of the week? Yeah, that's a great pick. That was what I had written down until I saw you had it. So instead I changed it to Cordell Patterson. Um, I really don't love the matchup against the saints. The saints are pretty good against opposing running backs, but what I love is the way they use Cordell in the offense, the way they get him the ball in space and kind of let him do his thing. He's also kind of now the only option besides Kyle Pitts in that. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities. So I'm going to go Cordell Patterson. I think with the Saints' pass rush and what they were able to do against Brady last week, they're going to have to check the ball down a lot or get it out in space, get it uh, to wide receiver screens, and that Patterson will be the most likely beneficiary of that. So he has a way to impact the game, even though I think that the Atlanta offense is going to have a really tough time moving the football this weekend. For my wide receiver of the week, I'll take Adam Thielen versus the Baltimore defense. I already went with Kirk Cousins. But I have a feeling that Baltimore is going to use their best corner on uh, Justin Jefferson right now, as a lot of teams have done recently. And Adam Thielen has been the beneficiary of getting softer coverage around him. He's still a terrific route runner. He's still been productive, save for about two games so far this season. I really like the matchup for him. Give me Adam Thielen versus the Baltimore defense. Who is your wide receiver of the week? My wide receiver of the week is Michael Pittman. Uh, I love the matchup against the Jets. Um, he's not doing amazing uh, right now, but still has three targets for about 37 yards. So it's if game script, if they can, if the Jets can keep it close, I feel like he'll get into that um, spot. But uh, Michael Pittman, I love the talent. I love how they've been using him. For me, my tight end of the week, and these are guys that uh, <laughs> we're really grasping at straws sometimes, but Dawson Knox is coming back from his injury against Jacksonville. Like the matchup, although this may be game scripted out, but I do like for Buffalo to get him back involved and in a major way uh, utilize him again how they were before he went down with the injury. Who is your tight end of the week? My tight end of the week is Evan Ingram. Um, matchup against Vegas, they don't do amazing against uh, tight ends. Hopefully he has a decent week. He has about one each year. And so I'm kind of just throwing um, stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah. That seems to be your approach just about every week, but with the tight again, ends, man, there's yeah, so, yeah, I get you. Defensive stream <laughs> of the week. These are teams rostered in less than 50% of leagues that we think could have a good day. I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders against the giants this week. And it doesn't look like you picked one. 
No, 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 I do. Um, I am going to take Miami against Houston. I think they win the game. <laughs> okay. I, I suppose they're worth picks. I, no, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I just, there are two offenses. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points, but I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. And I think it's just going to be a really sloppy game, like two not very good football teams. And I think Miami ends up winning as well. So I feel like they'll win the turnover battle. Well, given that Miami was really able to suffocate Buffalo for a lot of the game last weekend, maybe the defense is finally starting to come around this year. They had obviously been doing poorly up until this point, but you would like the matchup, although it doesn't help that Tyrod Taylor is now going to be the starter. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, again, there are worse picks and we have to try and come up with somebody that's owned in less than 50% of leagues. So, uh, all right. Long shots of the week. These are guys going outside the top 20 of their projections at their position that we think have a chance to finish inside the top 10. Give me AJ Dillon versus the Kansas city chiefs. Again, I think that he's going to be very involved in the game plan because if they don't involve him, I don't know where else they're going to give a ton of volume outside of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. You need at least a third musketeer in order for them to have a real good shot at winning this game. Uh, Give me A.J. Dillon versus Kansas City. Who is your first long shot of the week? I'm going to go Miles Gaskin. Um, If you didn't hear my reason why, maybe rewind the pod a couple of minutes. Um, Love the matchup. Love the opportunity. I think he'll get in the end zone a couple of times. So I'm going to go Miles Gaskin. My second long shot of the week, give me Brandon Cooks versus the Miami defense. The Miami defense played a little bit better last week, but I do like him being able to catch passes from Tyrod Taylor as opposed to Davis Mills. He's been an effective player, and I do think that the matchup warrants it. Give me Brandon Cooks. Who is your second long shot of the week? Hollywood Brown against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Vikings, they give up the six most points to opposing, opposing wide receivers. Um, I think Baltimore sets, uh, sends a message against Minnesota. I think they really come out and have a really amazing game. All right, over-unders for the week. Let's recap last week. Last week, we had more yards, Michael Pittman or A.J. Brown. We both took A.J. Brown. He won that matchup 155 to 86 in total yards, although Michael Pittman did have two touchdowns. They both had decent games fantasy-wise. More team rushing yards, Bears or 49ers. We both went with the Bears. The Bears ended up eking out the rushing battle 176 to 145, even though they lost the football game. 37.5 points for Cincinnati versus the New York Jets. Uh, We both took the over on total points for this game and ended up being one of the highest scoring games of the weekend at 65 total points. Both got that one. Eight and a half catches for Cooper Cup versus the Houston Texans. You went under, I went over. Uh, He ended up only having seven catches. You got that one as well. And finally, more yards, Zeke or Dak, or excuse me, Dalvin or Zeke. Both of us went for Dalvin because he was more involved in the passing game. He did end up with uh, 78 total yards to Zeke's 73, but Dalvin had zero receiving yards in that game. Surprising enough. All right. For the season currently, my record is 19 and 20. Yours is 19 and 16, and Dana's is still three and two. So for week nine, here are some of the ones that I drew up. 21 and a half points scored for Green Bay. See, if it was like, 19 and a half, I'd probably take the over. I think Green Bay scores points. I think Matt LaFleur puts Jordan Love in positions to be successful. 
I think Aaron Jones is good enough. I think Devontae Adams is good enough. And I think that defense has been playing really, really well. I think there is a lot of game tape on how to slow down the Chiefs. Um, so I, I think, <laughs> I'll say I think for the 18th time, I think I just talked myself into taking that over. So uh, I'm going to take the over for the Packers. Let it ride. I'm going to take the over as well and be a homer. I don't care whether I win or lose or if there's a good justification for it. I do think that they're going to score points. And realistically, it it requires them to kick one field goal or make one two-point conversion in this game uh, above the three touchdowns that I think they're probably guaranteed to score at some point. So I'll take the over as well. More fantasy points from their running backs. Houston or Miami? I think I have an understanding of where you're going to go with this one, given what one of your long shots was. Yeah, I feel like I have to go Miami here um, just because I'm pigeonholed from what I said earlier in the show. I'm also going to take Miami because I just think they have the better backs at this point in their career. Just it, it <laughs> seems like an easy enough pick to me. More rushing yards oh! in their game. Delvin Did or Lamar that? Jackson? Sorry. Oh, he didn't catch that. Damn, that would have made me look like a genius with the Michael Pittman pick. Um, more rushing yards, Dalvin hold on, or hold Lamar on. Jackson. Let's, just, let's redo that. More All rushing right. yards in their game this weekend, Dalvin Cook or Lamar Jackson? Um, I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I feel like he's been down too long. I feel like we are kind of in for a big Dalvin game. So I'm going to go Dalvin has more. I think you're probably on the right track, but maybe not for the reasons that uh, I'm thinking realistically, I think you beat Minnesota through the air, not necessarily on the ground. So I think while Lamar Jackson does end up having usually at least one good scramble in a game, I just don't think he's going to need to run the football nearly as much as he's going to be able to pick them apart from the pocket this week. I look for him to beat them with his arm as opposed to his legs. 15 and a half Eagles running back carries versus the Los Angeles Chargers over or under. I'm going to go under. I I feel like they're going to kind of have to throw the ball to stay in this game with the chargers. You really have to beat the chargers on the ground and it would be smart, which is why I think Nick Sirianni is going to end up actually uh, running the ball less than he should. But I think that if for whatever reason, the Eagles somehow move it over from last week to this week that they need to actually run the football I'll take the over, but reluctantly, because I just never want to bet on Nick Sirianni doing the right thing. Finally, 199 and a half passing yards for Roethlisberger versus the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. Over or under? Has he hit over 200 yards yet this year? <laughs> I, I don't know, personally. I mean, As if to I'd say, have to I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under because I, he's just he's a shell of himself, and it's kind of sad, but, you know, everyone – kind of comes down at some point in time. So I'm going to go under. Let me just bother to look this up here quickly. Uh, I think he probably has, and I think it was against Green Bay that he at least had over 200 yards in that game. But let me just take a quick peek here. He's actually been over 200 yards in every game so far this year, except the first one against Buffalo. Oh. He's only been over 300 once, but he's been over 200. I don't know. I mean, I would like to say that it'll be over 200, but I don't think it'll be by much given that uh, this is the Chicago Bears defense. And I think that even though they were exposed against San Francisco, I think that had more to do with the play action pass, which that Pittsburgh has not done effectively for years. So I think that the the Bears defense is actually going to clamp down. And even though I'm going to take the over, I don't think it'll be by much. 
Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again next week to recap week nine. But until then. Until then, good luck, everyone, this weekend. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you use so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM. 